Kyle Brandt's Basement is brought to you by Caesar Sportsbook. Welcome to the basement. It's my basement. I'm Kyle Brandt. You are in my basement right now. I got asked today by someone I work with in the morning, is that really your basement? It is. Let's take a walk. Come here. Look at this. This is a little room. I got the Peloton here. I got my basketball hoop here. If you go through that door, that'd be my basement. You'd see like our mud room with coats. It's, it's the real deal. So I want to make sure that you know this is completely authentic. I'm not on some set somewhere faking the Apollo moon landing or faking Kyle Brandt's basement. I have nothing fake today. I have all kinds of things to talk about. Did you watch the Patriots-Cardinals game last night? Strange game. Kyler goes down early and gives this strange feeling to it. And then what are the Patriots? I know they're a playoff team right now, but I have no idea what this team is, how they're built, what they're consistently good at, or how they're going to ever possibly win a playoff game. We'll get into that. The NFC West is bizarre and also becoming like really bad outside of the Niners. I just don't understand the future of it. The quarterbacks is like this bizarre rock band where they each have one role, and I don't know where the rock band is going. We talk about that. We got a great bite fight today. We get the different sound bites and put them in the ring together, ring the bell. We will get into all of that, plus what I love, what I hate, and what's hilarious from the basement. Come on. Patriots are the weirdest team in the league. Just take that and run with it. Most successful franchise of the last quarter century. Weirdest team of the last three months. They win the game last night. Um, they beat the Cardinals, who are not a factor, not good, and they lost their quarterback in the third play of the game. And they're in a playoff spot right now. So the old, if the playoffs started right now, the Patriots are in. They're the seventh and final playoff team in the AFC, and they would be playing a game at Arrowhead Stadium with Kansas City Chiefs at the 2 seed. Weird, right? What is this team? What I mean by that is, I know they play defense, okay? And they rush the quarterback pretty well, and they lead the league in non-offensive touchdowns. Special teams, defense, all that type of thing. Great. Good for them. Good, crafty, solid, strong, veteran Patriots defense. We've seen it since I was in college. What the hell is the offense? What is this Mac Jones offense? I don't understand. I actually don't even understand Mac Jones. Mac Jones has this bizarre, last night really before Kyler got hurt, was the body language bowl. Because if you were picked two quarterbacks, you were like, oh man, am I rallying behind that guy? Right now, some of the worst body language, we know Kyler, hate to be insensitive because he's hurt, but he has a long body of work in that. And then Mac Jones spent most of the night either yelling at his sideline, it looked like, or yelling at his own receivers. And there was a time when he hit his receiver and the receiver goes out of bounds short of the sticks. And Mac is coming downfield like, what are you doing? Come on, man. He's yelling at the sideline. He's yelling at Patricia. We've seen him do it two weeks in a row. He's frustrated. I get it. But, like, chill, man. Mac Jones looks terrible when he does that. Terrible. First of all, the optics of it, he has all the intimidation of, like, a 16-year-old screaming for his Mercedes at the valet stand. It doesn't look good. Like, he's right off the tennis courts with a sweater wrapped around his neck. Be like, come on, man. Shouldn't you have kept it closer like I paid you to? It's annoying. <laughs> Mac Jones screaming at guys... Who was accomplished? Mac Jones accomplished nothing. Mac Jones has seven touchdown passes on the season. Seven. How is he playing in the same conference with Allen and Mahomes and Burrow, and in the playoffs in that conference? Seven touchdown passes to eight interceptions last year as a rookie through twenty-two touchdowns. They don't really score. They run a little bit. 
They run pretty well, Ramondre Stevenson, but I just don't understand what this team is about whatsoever. I still don't understand what's going on with Joe Judge and Matt Patricia. They sort of have this allegedly symbiotic relationship where they're both kind of doing the job and sometimes Judge is talking to the team and the offense and sometimes Patricia is. It's all over the place. And usually this team is such a model of this is the formula, but man, this is so weird. I, it's, and the weirdest part isn't just that they're kind of a little atypical with bordering on dysfunctional. They're in, like, they're, they're in the dance. They're seven and six. It sort of works. Do you have any faith if they played any of these teams? If they played the Ravens, the Chiefs, the Bills, like next weekend, would they get annihilated? Or is that defense veteran enough? I just, we, we normally have such a sense of the Bill Belichick recipe, and I don't recognize it at all here. Strange team. And Mac Jones says afterwards, well, you know, it's a competitive game. It's not Tom Brady yelling at the receivers down the field, you ran the wrong route. It's not even when Aaron Rodgers does it to his young guys. Mac Jones has accomplished butt kiss. Bub kiss. Not butt kiss. He's one of the great Chicago Bears. Butt kiss and bub kiss. Um, got into a playoff game last year. It was a pretty cool season as a rookie. Got his doors blown off by the Bills, as we know. And now, I don't even know if he's the best quarterback on his own team still. I really don't. He won the game last night, but didn't accomplish much. Seems to have like this real air of frustration that he's not comfortable and doesn't like the players around him. Last week, it was the lip reading. Every game for Mac Jones, the lip readers are out. And they'll do that thing where they'll put up the, the play of him and it's it, he's screaming and they'll blur out his mouth. <laughs> so, you know, he's not screaming anything good. But it would just be one thing if the Patriots were just an average team. It'd be another thing if they were a terrible team. I think they're good. This is the time of the year we're supposed to have a sense for everybody. I know who you are. I know who you're not. Can't put a finger on the Patriots and what they are. Defense, if you look at the ranks, it's like I think ninth and 12th against the run in the pass. And they got pass rushers and Judon and Uche. And they got veterans like McCourty. I guess it's great. I just have no confidence at all that even in a 7-6 and six winning team under Bill Belichick could win any playoff game against any of this AFC field. And yet, do you like the Jets or Chargers better than them? I'll tell you right now, I like the Jets better than them. And I've said a bunch of times on this show, I don't think the Jets are making the playoffs. Chargers is a push. The AFC is so fun, and there's so many dynamos and so many stars. But when you get to the bottom, it's just like any other conference, any other year. It's the dregs of the playoff teams who feel like they're a one-and-done team. It's just you don't usually say that about the Patriots. They can they make plays and they score in kick returns and scoop and scores and they had a defensive touchdown last night that changed the whole game when DeAndre Hopkins fumbled. But are we going to get into the playoffs and Mac Jones is going to put up 28 points? He's going to throw for two touchdowns and run for one? I just don't think it's happening. Mac, the body language is bad. He seems so irritated. I like the guy. You talk with Mac off the air. I've gotten to do it a couple times. He's easygoing and like goofy, and I really mean that. Like he giggles and jokes and like is there to have fun and yet man he looks so miserable in these games so miserable second year they're going to the playoffs maybe for the second year I don't know I I said I said every day with Jason McCourty whose twin brother is one of the key players on the Patriots defense and Jason's still like nah. <laughs> it's weird we always thought when Jason joined good morning football that he'd be a, a, a Patriots cheerleader He's not. Didn't pick them to make the playoffs before the season. We're always like, yeah, they look good now. Eh, I don't know. I don't think he's a fan. And as of right now, I'm not either. I like the guys on that team, but they are the strangest team in the league. They don't have an identity other than sit around and wait for the defense to make a play. And in a time when everybody's got a good offense of some kind, they don't. 
They have no quick strike ability. Mac Jones has, doesn't have any passing plays over 50 yards this year. Not, not a single one. We're getting into December now. Weird, weird, weird team. Are you someone who's like, yeah, I got a feeling about this Patriots team. Does anybody? Do they? I don't. The only reason we're talking about them is because they have a famous coach and they somehow have a winning record because they beat the Cardinals who lost their quarterback in the first 30 seconds. Weirdest team in the league, New England Patriots. Let's get to what I hate. All right, it's a weird Tuesday here. Patriots, weirdest team in the league. Weirdest division in the league would be the NFC West. Not worst, not worst, because they got that bright, shimmering 49ers gem at the top of it. The worst is uh, probably the AFC South. Or actually, the NFC South might be the worst. Although I love those Panthers. Um, where are we going with the NFC West? So right now, this is this, here's the state of the nation. The Cardinals are having a, a terrible, miserable season. They hit rock bottom last night with a quarterback who is under contract, got injured, looking to be done for the season. Who knows? Um, and meanwhile, there is a documentary being shot about them on HBO as this happens. So that's all kinds of fun. The Los Angeles Rams are in the middle of having the worst, not close to the worst, not among the worst, the worst seasons in history for a Super Bowl champ returning. And somehow Baker Mayfield is their quarterback, which actually is fun and positive, but they're just in all kinds of hell. And then you have Seattle, who, like, I feel like this thing is falling out of their hands right in front of our faces. Amazing story earlier in the season, Geno Smith. Oh, my God, Pete Carroll, that wily old veteran was right. And now they're losing at home to the Sam Darnold Panthers, who I love, but nobody saw that coming. And then you got the Niners. What a weird division. Trey Lance gets hurt. Jimmy Garoppolo gets hurt. Last guy in the draft steps up and it looks like Dan Marino. Where are we going with this? The Niners are going to win the division. Seattle has to decide if it wants to make the playoffs or not. Arizona, disaster. LA, disaster. But then what happens after this? Let's say the Niners and Seahawks both make it. Who knows what happens? What happens after this to these quarterbacks? All these friends in this division. Geno Smith is a free agent after this year. Seattle bring him back for sure, definitely. I think it's TBD. There's a lot of TBDs in the NFC right now. TBD Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley. I've said this before. I'll say it again. I don't think they should bring either one of them back. But let's get back to the West Coast. Geno Smith, free agent after this season. Is he, is he their starting quarterback next year? Because if he is, they got to sign a big deal. Jimmy Garoppolo, free agent after this season. Trey Lance, still young, free agent after 2024. they got to pick up his option, all that type of thing. Man, the Niners situation is crazy. Let me put a pin in that. Matthew Stafford, not a free agent until 2026. He's like made some of the most money ever. He's constantly under contract. He's safe, unless he decides to retire. I got this little itch in my finger here that says Matthew Stafford's going to retire after this year. I don't, I'm not basing that on hashtag sources. I'm basing it on instinct and looking at the landscape. Looking at the injuries that he's going through this year. Head, back. You know, his wife, who I respect, is very outspoken online about how concerned she is about his injuries, as all the NFL wives are, but he's getting up there and he takes a lot of hits and he has nothing to prove. Super Bowl champ already made all the money. Are you really interested in coming back? Do you want that badly to keep playing? Would you not maybe hang it up? You have a beautiful young family. I don't know. That's just my instinct. And then Kyler Murray. <laughs> Kyler Murray. How about the Cardinals? Uh, Steve Kime, the GM, under contract, extended. Cliff, King- Cliff Kingsbury, tough one to say. Cliff Kingsbury, the head coach, under contract, extended. Kyler Murray, under contract, extended. The three of those guys, it, it's, it's not working. It's, something has to go, right? You can't bring all three back. No. 
you, you kind of have to, unless you just want to say, we're going to let one of you go and just pay you so much irresponsible money. And the owner in the organization does not have a reputation for doing that. So this is just a fine mess. Throw in, what do you like in this? Who are you into? I would just, it's like the five of these guys are like a, some sort of rock band, the NFC West rock band. I'm going to sign Jimmy Garoppolo, obviously the lead singer. He's the face of the band. I'm going to say um, Matthew Stafford is just like the cool old bassist who's been doing it for years. Uh, Geno Smith. Geno Smith is, is um, I'll get back to Geno Smith. Kyler Murray is the drummer, super high energy, just hits the crap out of everything. I think Geno Smith is the guitarist, knows all the riffs, played backup for a while, now he's playing lead guitar. And then Trey Lance. Trey Lance is, is, is some kind of roadie or something. We're not sure he can perform yet. But this is a weird, weird, weird group. And by far the strangest subgroup to the NFC West quarterbacks is the San Francisco 49ers guys. So we're, place your bets right now. Who starts for the, for the 49ers week one, 2023? They come out, they receive the kickoff. It's a touchback like always. They come out to the 25-yard line. There's Shanahan on the mic, 2023 season. Here comes the offense, first and 10 from the 25. Who is their quarterback? A, Trey Lance, coming off an injury, first-round pick, traded up to get him. B, Jimmy Garoppolo, a vampire, can't kill him. Have to have a new contract, which is all sorts of nuts. Or C, the Purdy man. This is Brock Purdy. Seventh round draft pick. They're going to start next season. No Trey Lance. Trey Lance is going to sit and watch. And then it's like, how far into the playoffs does Brock Purdy have to get? How well does he have to play for the next five, six, seven, eight weeks to get the job next year? Or how badly does he have to play to give it to Trey Lance? What if Brock Purdy is kind of dropping parts and they're winning, but in spite of him, or they lose a couple games before the playoffs, and then all you know, Jimmy's back. What if he comes in in the playoffs and Jimmy gets to the Super Bowl? Are they bringing him back then? I think still think the clubhouse favor is sitting here. What day is today? December 13th, I think. Um, yeah, December 13th. I think the clubhouse favor to start week one for the 49ers is Trey Lance. I still do. The Brock Purdy thing has been fun. They are destined to get rid of Jimmy. I still think it's Trey Lance. I don't know if Geno's going to be in Seattle. I don't know if Stafford's going to be with the Rams. I think Kyle will be in Arizona, but he might be hurt too. So who the hell knows? You're starting NFC West quarterbacks week one, 2023. Uh, Drew Locke, Trey Lance... Colt McCoy and um, Baker Mayfield. <laughs> there you go. I hate the future of it. I wish it wasn't so murky, but it is a weird, weird, weird division. We'll talk about it a lot in the offseason. Again, NFC South, the worst. NFC West, the weirdest. Let's get to what's hilarious. This may play a part in it. Some of the best advice I would ever give anybody who's young and who's trying to get into sports media or really any industry, know your worth. Know your worth. And don't overestimate it. A lot of people think they're worth a lot more than they are. Some people think that they are worth less than they're actually worth. Know your worth. And if you don't know it, ask a friend. Ask somebody in your industry. What do you think? Do you think, uh, you think I'm qualified for this job? Do you think people value me at this company? How much? The Odell Beckham Jr. thing is really strange. It's hilarious in a sense that this. Nobody's signing him. All the suitors have gone off and found other girlfriends, other boyfriends. It's not happening. I don't know if he knows his worth. What's hilarious to me is that we have made this a circus 
And I still see journalists, even today on TV, using the word sweepstakes as it pertains to some team signing an injured third wide receiver because he's so famous and it's such a big deal. And I've been sitting here in the basement myself being like, why are we talking about it? I'm going to put a ribbon on it. I I, I feel like it's the end of it. So here's the deal. After all of this hubbub, all of this coverage, all of reporters standing by outside of facilities, all these tweets, all these insiders searching, where's Odell going to go? All these Jerry Jones quotes. Oh my gosh, Odell, Odell, Odell. I think the end of it is going to be like Geraldo Rivera outside the vault. I think there's nothing in there. I don't know if he signs with anybody. He may just go into the offseason. Maybe we'll see you next year. Finish getting your knee even stronger and we'll see you for 2023. This idea that he's going to sign with a team and they're going to make a Super Bowl run on the strength of Odell Beckham Jr., I think it's done. See what I mean? The Bills. All right, let's line up the suitors. The Bills. Josh is on the show here saying, yeah, we, we hosted them and we talked with them. And it really wasn't about X's and O's. It was just hanging out. It was just telling them what we do here and kind of getting them to know him. I really like him. He's would have been the Super Bowl MVP. You know, Josh was playing the part. No, the Bills signed Cole Beasley. They just went back to one of their X's. O- Odell's doing this bachelor thing with the roses. The Bills bachelorette ran off and said, ran off with one of her old bows. Cole Beasley is now in the Bills. I don't think they're getting Odell. I think that's done. All right, so you go to the clubhouse favorite, the Dallas Cowboys. They were put on this planet to sign players like Odell. It is Jerry's reason to live is to sign very famous players to sell jerseys and sometimes move the chains, but sell jerseys. They signed T.Y. Hilton? Did you see that? I was like, T.Y. Hilton is, is still playing football? I had no idea. I guess the Cowboys did, and Mike McCarthy says he's all excited about it. He should be excited about it. T.Y. Hilton's a really good guy and a really good player, and he's put up massive numbers in the league. No Odell. You're not signing T.Y. and Odell. I couldn't believe they signed T.Y. Hilton. Again, it's just waiting around for this, like, really, really famous uh, celebrity that you're trying to date, and you're like, you know, I, I think I'll just go with this this person next door that I'm friends with and I've always had a crush on. And, you know, they're not some over-the-moon knockout, but they're just a good person and we great chemistry. Let's just bring them in. Never mind it. So who's left? The Giants we've been hearing? The New York Giants? I guess. Do you even want to go to the New York Giants? Do the New York Giants even want him? They should complete the loop. With, with the Bills signing Cole Beasley, with the Cowboys signing T.Y. Hilton, the Giants should just sign either some random receiver, like who's just been around, Mohamed Sanu. Giants sign Mohamed Sanu. Or you go back to an ex like the Bills did and sign Hakeem Nix. Is he out there? Or Steve Smith. Remember the other Steve Smith from USC? Not the Hall of Fame one. I'm talking about the, the small. Just sign him. Because, you know, we know him. We have a relationship with him. We know Odell, too, because we're the Giants. But... I cannot believe this is ending with, with just nothing. I, the Cowboys are going to be out. The Bills are going to be out. I don't think the Giants are going to sign them ever anyway. And if not now, the, the playoffs are in like 20 minutes. I don't even know if the Giants will be joining us in the playoffs. But wouldn't you want to do it now? We keep asking the question, why is this taking so long? We've been talking about this for two months. We're saying his knee's getting better and he's running around. All the word was he, he would not work out, okay, which I don't love that. And he probably wanted a bunch of money or a long-term deal. And even these cowboys who don't often do the thing that is prudent say, uh, is T.Y. Hilton still alive? Let's, let's get T.Y. Hilton in here. Sure, bring him in here. Great pro. Happy to run around for us. He'll catch a few balls. Why not? They're just out. It's the craziest thing that there's just the bachelor comes and decides to announce who they're giving the rose to. 
and all of the women have left. <laughs> They're gone. They got in the limo and they just took off from the dream house and the bachelor's standing there and it's like, maybe the knee's bum and wants a lot of money, but no one's going home with them. I find that strange. You knew this was gonna have ending eventually and you're gonna see the Schefter tweet and Rappaport and Tom Pellicero breaking all capitals in a blockbuster move the such and such have signed Odell Beck. It hasn't happened. Who's left? Who would do it? I don't know. Maybe somebody will surprise us and some team like on the fringe that needs a little extra punch will sign him. But the word is out. I think it's he overestimated his worth. I think the teams were worried about the knee. I think they were put off by how much money he may have been asking for. And they're like, we're just out. There's other guys. We, we can get a wide receiver three anywhere. We're not bringing in in his prime Calvin Johnson. We are not doing that. That's not what's on the table right now. It's Odom Beckham Jr. who's really famous and really talented, but it's 2022, guys. He's coming off an injury. We're not spending that kind of money. That's the most hilarious thing. You know who he might sign with? Nobody. See you next year. It's a weird kind of day on, the, on, on Kyle Brandt's space, man. We got the, the weirdest course Patriots team ever, the weirdest NFC West future, and the weirdest ending to what was supposedly the blockbuster story of the season, Odo Beckham Jr. signing with nobody. That's not, that's not, never mind what I love, what I hate, what's hilarious, just what's weird, what's weirder, and what's the weirdest. But let's get, get something that's always fun and always weird. It's a little something we call Fight Fight. Oh yeah, flying a little close to the sun with our like survivor type Rocky music and a, and a, a fight bell. Can't play the real thing, but you can sir knock it off. Um, and that's what we're gonna do for Bite Fight. We take sound bites from different players all around the National Football League. They come into our little octagon together and we will pit them one after another after another. Whichever is the best will win. There can only be one, like the Highlander. Um, first, Shaq Lawson. Who knew? Shaq Lawson was picked up by the Jets last season. He played pretty well, starting seven games. But then the New York Jets surprisingly cut him before the last game of the season to save some cap space. Lots to understand here, contextualize. Okay? Shaq went back to the Bills, Buffalo Bills, and he has not forgotten that whole ordeal that went down. Let's hear what Shaq has to say. This game was a little personal for me. You know, I took this to heart. You know, um, I got cut last year or the last game of the season before we played Buffalo. And, I mean, I feel like it was just a shot to my face. So when I made that play, when I, every time I made, I let, just let the whole sideline over there hear me and feel me. You always do that, though, the energy you bring. Um, yeah, You're but right? the, the energy was just a little bit different today. <laughs> it was something about it. It was just a little bit different. I had to let their whole sideline. After that set, that's why I celebrate so long. I probably ran 50 yards, but I was just letting them know I still got it. Good for you, Shaq. Let him know. You hear this term that's very stock, and I think an eye roller for me, revenge games, revenge games. The schedule will come out in the offseason, and such and such show or person on Twitter will go through and scan their finger and find the revenge games where, you know, a player who used to be on that team is now playing against that team, and ooh, it's a revenge game. Most of the time it's not. Most of the time these players understand it's a business and their contract was up and the team had to let them go and they liked them and you know now you're on another team and you play against them and you know I have a lot of friends on that team. You're friends with the trainers and the coaches. It's actually not only is there not animosity, there's actual respect and it's a fun opportunity to play against your old team. But there are times when it actually is a revenge game. 
and uh, Shaq. That was a revenge game, and you won it, and you made your play. And letting the entire sideline know, not just the offensive line, I like that. And I like that he's not apologetic about it. Sometimes people's, well, yeah, I'm going to keep that to myself. No, he sat there at his locker and held court that he was pissed off what happened, and he made a play about it. Shaq Lawson, didn't anticipate you checking in on Bite Fight, but I'm glad to see you. Glad you're here. Would you like to see your competition? Let's find out. Next. Oh, yeah. Robert Sala. Robert Sala enters the ring. Coach Sala said that the Jets would be seeing the Bills again this season, which is a pretty loaded quote because they've already played the Bills twice. So if they saw the Bills again, it would be in the NFL playoffs. Um, Obviously, that means in the postseason, as I mentioned, Garrett Wilson, though his uh, electric young wide receiver, in hearing his head coach's kind of ominous, cool quote, was a little bit confused. Go ahead. Sala said we're going to see him again, and we're going to see him again. I don't know. Um, I don't know how this schedule and stuff work, you know, for real. I thought this was the last time we played him for the year. What do you mean the playoffs? Yeah, he meant the playoffs? That's what he meant, yeah. What day, two seed? Are we the seven? <laughs> no, they're the one right now. Like, so Where? Be the seven right now. Yeah, you know, I hope so. I hope we get to see him again. Um, well, we, we, yeah, I mean, I don't know. That, I don't know. You saying he's confident you guys are gonna make the playoffs? I oh, were. Me too. Me too. No, yeah, uh, yeah, and uh, yeah, no, for sure. Me too. Oh man, that poor kid. His brain is in a pretzel right now. Doesn't understand it. First year in the league, surrounded by a bunch of reporters, little lost. Tries to, tries to get in to the seedings and the one or the two versus the thing, and then the reporters are helping him. Don't worry about it, Garrett. Just catch the ball, buddy. Just catch the ball. You're excited. The lights are bright right now. You're doing some incredible things on the field. We don't have to worry about the playoff seating. Help the kid out a little bit. He didn't see the quote. He didn't understand what he meant. Personal story. At the NFL Honors in 20... NFL Honors, like the NFL Oscars, where they give out all the awards for MVP and all that, I got to interview um, Joey Bosa after he had just won Defensive Rookie of the Year. And he came back and... You know, he's excited, and Bosa's kind of all about ball, and certainly as a rookie, wasn't looking to do a ton of interviews. Um, And I just said, you know, stupid question. Hey, so, Joey, you just won NFL Defense Rookie of the Year. He's got the trophy in his hand. How's it feel, man? And he goes, I mean, it's just really great, and I've worked really hard. I want to thank my teammates, and um, I want to thank this organization, and uh, I'm going to come back, and I'm going to win it again next year. Joey, it's the... uh, Rookie of the year. It's, you're not. You wouldn't be eligible to win it next year. That they'd be actually impossible. <laughs> and he was like, "Oh yeah, well, uh, yeah, uh, you know, you know what I mean." And I, I just like I, I had a laugh with him and I, I helped him out. But uh, the idea of Joey Bosa winning the Rookie of the Year two times in a row would be so impressive, just, just unbelievable. Um, also, I, I kind of reminded of Garrett Wilson, another really brilliant young rookie. Um, not understanding. So hold on. We're going to play them again, but we already played them twice. I don't understand. I'll just play any, but it's a great answer. Great answer. Robert Sala's quote threw a lot of people for a loop. We asked Josh about it this week, and he said, ah, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll play anybody. Um, Gary Wilson, that's a funny quote. That kind of, not only is it funny, it was kind of charming. A little innocence, a little youth, naivete, but hell of a player. And uh, help him out next time. The Sala quote really threw people for a loop, a lot of them. But that's number two. We have Shaq, we have Garrett, one who comes in last. Here we go. Not comes in last, comes in third, I should say. Um, Jalen Hurts, Philadelphia Eagles quarterback, I think is the MVP favorite. 
quick take on the MVP. I think he's way ahead of the field, and he has one game to decide to win it. If he plays against Cowboys on Christmas and plays really well in what might be the most watched NFL regular season game of all time, it's a wrap. It's, it may be a wrap even if he doesn't play great there. That game will decide it, though. If he throws three interceptions, maybe Joe Burrow, somebody chases him down. But Jalen Hurts is still the favorite right now, and his teammate... Uh, whose actual name is Darius Slay, the great defensive back who's an incredible personality, but just goes by Slay. He just likes to be called Slay. Jalen Hurts' teammate Slay had some thoughts on Hurts, the potential MVP candidate. Welcome to Bite Fight, Slay. He a dog, man. He got a lot of... Uh, his, his upscale is crazy, man. Uh, the growth in the matter of a year, I've seen how he played. I know y'all see the growth. I'll see it. I'll see it. It's crazy. It's love to, like... The best pass I ever saw him throw was today, was the out route to Quest on the blitz, off the back foot, come on, look like. To my, before he came out the break, it was a dot. You know what I'm saying? Like a dot. That's like how you do a 2K. I don't know if y'all played 2K, but you throw it to the corner, hit a corner three, dot. He hit a dot today. And I'm talking about, I almost like, all right, man, I'm going to go to receiver because I know Brooke can give me the ball on any time right now. I'm almost, I'm, I'm about almost retired as DB. I'm going to go to receiver because I know if I'm going for 1500. Is that MVP? switching to receiver? Tonight, I'm calling coach tonight. We're having a full conversation about it tonight. Coach, I'm going to receive it because I know I can get 1,500 yards in five games. <laughs> I don't know if any of y'all play uh, 2K. I love the, the, the woman there for ABC6 Philadelphia just laughing along. I don't know if that woman plays 2K. I don't know if she does or not, but she didn't care. She was joking along, and she had a great spirit about it. Oh, man, Slay's one of the best quotes in the whole league. Philadelphia has a few of those guys. If you put together Slay, Kelsey, Brandon Graham, uh, sometimes A.J. Brown, I'm probably forgetting a few. They have great talkers on that team. can't believe they have that many big talkers in the locker room and they're still getting along playing as well as they are. Slay says he's going to switch to wide receiver and get a dot, a dot from, from Jalen Hurts, and he'll have 1,500 yards by the end of the season. All right, so it's that. Um... It's Shaq Lawson on the Bills, and it's our guy Garrett Williams on the Jets. Um, it's, it's, it's not Shaq. I, I, I respect the, the revenge factor. It's either Garrett being, Garrett Wilson, Garrett being very uh, confused by um, <laughs> the seating and the solid quote. I, I mean, look, I, I got to go with Slay. How, how you beat Slay? It's that kind of energy. It's that kind of take. It's like we do takes on take here. The delivery, the heat, and the creativity. I've never actually openly heard a defensive back saying, I want to move to wide receiver just because my quarterback's that good and he throws dots. It's like video games. 2K, I don't know if you guys play 2K. You have the dot in the corner of the end zone. I tell Coach right now, I'm going to switch to receiver. I'll have 1,500 yards by the end of the year. It's Slay. That's my guy. Slay, you are the winner of Bite Fight. That was a good one, though. It's always a spirited competition. We had young guys, a little older guys. Uh, we had defense. We had offense. But Slay, call him that. It's perfect time of year. There's a lot of slays come Christmas time. This is S-L-E-A-G-H. This one is S-L-A-Y on Philadelphia. He just goes by Slay. Like Prince, Madonna, Cher, Slay. And that is exactly what he did to the competition. The winner of Bite Fight. Slay! Um, that's it. Let's move on to what we call, speaking of slayers, Michael Flynn's Brant Awareness. Let's go. How we doing, Flynn? The, the countdown to Christmas. I always like looking over your shoulder. We got some cotton ball art. What is that? A, a Santa Claus with a beard and everything? What's going on? The, 
That's uh, of course with a beard. They uh, get to put their face through it, and they look like Santa. So it's a little oh. cute imagery that you kind of lose. And that's like a fridge. white paper plate or something that they cut that out of, and they put it on. With the, that's awesome. I want my yep. kid to make that. That's exactly what it is. What I like is that you still have the pumpkin decoration up on there from two <laughs> months ago, and then maybe even a turkey beneath the Santa. Before long, there's going to be shamrocks and Uncle Sam, and you're going to have the whole cavalcade. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe I've just been focusing on the upper left corner. Got to clean up the That's corner. okay. Well, focus on the headlines we may have missed in the other parts of the show. What do you got? Yeah, you didn't miss this one, but let's talk about it a little more. We're heading to Buffalo, where last night there were Cole Beasley sightings all over Twitter, and it became official this morning. They signed him to the yeah. practice squad. Beasley had that two-game stint with the Bucks earlier this year before retiring to spend more time with his family. Kyle, your thoughts on the signing? I think that he'll probably have nine catches in the first game. It's like that Cole Beasley gets out of bed catching passes. It's just what he does. It's what he always does. Dallas, Buffalo, anywhere you put him, you put him in because he already knows how to play. He already knows Josh. Josh already knows him. And um, listen, Isaiah McKenzie's a guy that they love and who's really, really fast and has a lot of ability. Um, occasionally some drop problems. I like him. He's got a big personality. He cracked me up last week when he was dancing because they drew the Jets offside. But that said, like Beasley is this grizzled, tested guy who comes in with an edge on him. He's, he's chirpy. He's tough as hell. He seems like a Western New York type of player, which is always why he fit in so well in Buffalo. And it's Western New York time, baby. We've got the Dolphins coming this week. It's supposed to be cold. We got lake effect, whatever the hell that means. And I, I, I actually, I don't know how you don't like it. Um, I like it especially in the vein of the Odell Beckham thing we talked about earlier. Put him on a table right now. Buffalo Bills fans, Bills Mafia. If they were both saying, yeah, I want to become a Buffalo Bill. Do you want Odell or do you want Beasley? It seems nuts because of Odell's talent and because he would have won the Super Bowl MVP 10 months ago. Just give me Beasley. Give me Beasley on a third and six. He'll get seven yards every single time. He'll get up and signal first down and bark about it. That's my kind of guy. Plus, he's healthy. I don't have to worry about the knee. I don't have to worry about any of that stuff. I don't have to worry about his fit in the offense, in the huddle, in the locker room, in Western New York. It's great. I don't know why Cole Beasley's not always on the Bills. Why do they ever not have Cole Beasley? It's like the Vikings used to with Jim Kleinsasser. He was a Viking for like 30 years. He had the appearance of being an actual Viking. Hey, Cole Beasley should just be Bills for life. They brought him back. They should have never let him go. I'm fired up about it. I'm not even joking. I'll put the prediction out here right now. I don't know what their plans are for him this weekend. I don't know if he's going to play this weekend. I don't know if he's going to dress this weekend. I don't care. I will predict that Cole Beasley has five catches this weekend for the Buffalo Bills against the Miami Dolphins. Put it out. Put it up. Tweet it out. Don't care. Cole Beasley, five catches. For, I mean, should I give the yardage? Five catches for 39 yards. That's it. That's it. Flynn, mark it down. You got it. Five for 39 for Cole Beasley in his first game back to the Buffalo Bill. It is marked. A lot of Klein Saucer references on the show the last two weeks. Wasn't expecting that. Is that true? Uh, yeah, because we, we had the uh, Kelsey to the 51st States. Yeah. Yeah, he gets shouted out in that movie by Sean Astin, yeah. Jim Klein Sasser. Who knew? I love Klein Sasser. Yeah, Uh, worth pointing out, Josh reportedly asked for Beasley to come back, and you mentioned McKenzie probably losing a little bit of playing time. Uh, He actually tweeted at Beasley this morning, quote, the floor is all yours, brother. So always good to see 
teammates in a good mood and respecting each other. Let's move on, but let's stick yeah. with the Bills and the Jets. I was surprised when I mentioned it to you yesterday that you hadn't, hadn't heard of Johnny, a young Jets fan who has oh. gone viral this season because his dad buys him ice cream every time the Jets win. You see him? They've won a lot more than people expected them to this season, so he's been invited to MetLife Stadium. He got to eat with Sauce Gardner. The Bills saw this, obviously kept one in the holster, and after Sunday's win against the Jets, they introduced the world to Jackson, a young boy also eating ice cream and sporting Bills colors. Kyle, your thoughts on teams taking shots at each other over social media and using kids to do it? Well, I didn't know about it. Listen, I was distracted. I thought the, the, the Jets thing was the coin flip guy. Like that, that, that was their fake rally monkey type mascot. I didn't know John eating ice cream. But I'll tell you this, my first reaction is, I like that we can still have a thing where we are encouraging the kids just shoveling ice cream in their face. It's great. It hasn't been in some way had its uh, wagged a finger at it because it's not nutritious or the ice cream is bad for kids. Like, it didn't have to be Johnny eating vegetables or something crazy like that. Wasn't there a thing not that long ago where like Cookie Monster was going to be canceled because it should become the Veggie Monster or something? Something like, point is, I like that we can still show a couple all-American kids just shoveling ice cream into their face because they're excited about the Jets or the Bills. I, I have to, the Sauce Gardner thing, when he joined Johnny to eat the ice cream, please tell me that there was some chocolate sauce or, or something going on. I, I, the fact that Sauce Gardner has had this incredible rookie season and is still holding on to that Defensive Rookie of the Year not award, and hasn't had 50 different endorsements from sauce companies, from Tabasco to A1 to, to Hidden Valley. I guess that's dressing. You know what I mean. Like, I would think sauce would have the chocolate sauce for the kid. So um, I love the Bills kid as well, and I was looking at the kind of ice cream that he was eating. He looked like he's really getting after it. Can we bring up the Bills kid video again, or just bring them both? I want to see the kind of ice cream that they're, they're eating, and I'll decide my winner based on that. If we have that component, I want to see it because here we go. All right, so what's this guy's name again, Flynn? The Bills guy? All right, so Jackson, his ice cream is loaded. And I could easily say that, oh, what is it? I, you can almost see it. it. It almost looks like a peanut, cup, peanut butter cup. But have you ever heard of the flavor Moose Tracks? That looks like a Moose Track to me. I don't know what the origin of the Moose Track flavor is. It's just like this moose is just walking down a muddy path and like leading tracks and uh, dropping deuces or whatever the hell. Like it's just a mess of chocolate and junk. And I feel like that's either moose tracks at best and at worst is peanut butter cup. So I think Johnny had the standard issue MetLife Stadium vanilla with the rainbow sprinkles. So Jackson gets the win here for me. Your thoughts. There you go. That's standard issue. That's, that's fine. I, I've eaten it many times. I give it to my kids. But I think Jackson's at home and he's got the good stuff. Yeah, J Jackson's the winner. I also think there was a Bill's logo on that ice cream. So I yeah. bet that's that's specifically, I'm going to guess it's sold at Wegmans. And it's probably got a clever title, too. Uh, yeah, I think Jackson right. wins. Let's work together, Flynn. Here's what I want you to do. Chemistry. Tee up your next headline, and I'll blah, 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 blah about it. And then you get to the Google and see if you can find the flavor name of Jackson's ice cream. And I bet you can. What's the next headline? Let's go. Let's do that. We'll step away from football for a moment. Top Gun Maverick director Joseph Kaczynski spoke on a panel and teased the potential of a third movie in the Top Gun franchise. Quoting Kaczynski, it seems to me at the end of this film that Maverick has some gas left in the tank. He's not settling down. End quote. Kyle, you want to see a third film? Yeah, of course. Yeah. 
Listen, and Tom wants to see a third film. Now, what's going to happen here is I'm going to talk about Top Gun, and the Flynn cam is going to go away, and now he's going to Google ice cream. What a fun way to live. What a fun show. I'll talk Top Gun. He's going to Google ice cream because the Jets and Bills guys. Tom Cruise wants another Top Gun. Because, you know, Tom Cruise hasn't died on a movie set yet, so he has to do something more absurd. Do you ever, I, I know this is getting dark really fast, do you ever look at Tom Cruise and think that he has a death wish? That the whole the, the stunt thing and the walking off of skyscrapers and the flying the planes and jumping off and breaking his leg, that he just loves it so much that like he's like, someday, you know, this is how it's going to go and this is what I was meant to do. And I was meant to jump off a building and grab a hang glider in Mission Impossible 50, but I miss it and I die. And that is going to be my beautiful death. Or maybe it's in Top Gun 3. Certainly hope it doesn't happen. I want Tom Cruise to be around here for another 50 years. But do I want another Top Gun 3? I, look, hand up. I didn't want Top Gun 2. I was falling into that whole thing of, do we need to remake everything from the 80s? Are there no original ideas anymore? I was steadfastly against it for years. I was wrong. They did a beautiful job with it. I love it. Everybody likes Top Gun Maverick. It's really well executed. Roll the dice a little bit to go to 3, but screw it. Let's just do it, and I'll tell you why. As much as it was fun to bring back Penny Benjamin, as much as I love seeing the Iceman, beautiful scene, there's so many other friends we could have brought back. I want to see Slider. I want to see Rick Rozovich. What's, what's, what's he up to? Does he still stink? Um, you know, we've had, we just had a, a death. I believe the actor who played Sundown in the movie, who also plays Theo in Die Hard, I think he just passed away a couple days ago, or maybe even a couple weeks ago. So he won't be joining us, so that's not, that's not pleasant. But um, uh, I know that Merlin will not be coming back. Tim Robbins. Got to interview Tim Robbins once. And then we'll get to the ice cream. Tim Robbins, as you know, was Merlin. He was uh, Cougar's co-pilot. Cougar loses it. And that might be a redemption story, Cougar returning. But Merlin is his co-pilot. And, you know, he's, he's beginning of the movie. And then at the end, he's Maverick's co-pilot. Got to talk to Tim Robbins for a while once for the old show I did on Spotify. And we talked a lot about Shawshank and great stuff like that. But I was trying to get him going on Top Gun a little bit. And I noticed his answers were coming up just a little short. And he wasn't as, as warm and congenial as it had been for other topics. So I, I said something like, you know, Tim, I, I'm sensing that maybe you're not a, a big a fan of, of Top Gun. And he straight up said, he's like, no, I'm not. And I was like, really? Everybody loves Top Gun. And he said that he thinks that it was, um, I'm, gonna, I'm paraphrasing, but sort of a, what you call jingoistic, um, insensitive, we're, we're the American war machine and we blow up the countries. And it's just like, you know, Tim Robbins has strong political convictions. I just thought it was interesting that he's like kind of out on Top Gun. So if there was ever any idea to bring back Merlin for Top Gun Maverick, not in on that. And I don't think he'll be in for Top Gun 3. Kelly McGillis, we talked a lot about her. She's out for some reasons, wrong and right. But, I mean, Viper is still around, right? Tom Skerritt is still with us. What about the guy who, uh, the bald guy from Back to the Future? Is he still there? There's so many people we could bring back. I'd love to see that. It was nice to see Ice, but there's so many others. Meg Ryan did not show up in the movie. We know that. Can we get her back? We're going to have Miles Teller, I assume. That's uh, Miles Teller's mom in the story. So, yeah, I want more. Once you cra crack it open, this is what Tom Cruise does. He makes the sequels now. Maybe the Top Gun deal will become like the Mission Impossible deal, and he'll just become an elder admiral and get into retirement and then come back and hit the afterburners. Or like I said, maybe he passes away on the set of the movie, and I think maybe sometimes that's the way he wants it. I want to hear about ice cream. And Flynn, you haven't jumped in yet, so I'm wondering if maybe you didn't find the flavor or maybe I'm wrong for doubting you. I don't like your body language. Do you have it? 
Oh, I have it. I did not find it. All credit to all credit to our segment producer, Miles, who had it before I was even off camera. Uh, it is called the Hey A Sunday. That's H-E-Y hyphen E-Y hyphen Sunday. Uh, it is, you would know this better than me, inspired by the Bill's Shout fight song. Uh, sure. It blends nougat ice cream with salty caramel swirls and brownie oh, dough pieces. Sounds great. Uh, I was right. It sold at a whole bunch of stores, including Wegmans. And a portion of the sales go to the Buffalo Bills Foundation. All right. I heard nougat, brownie dough, and then you ended with a portion going to the Buffalo Bills Foundation. Hey, hey, yes. Um, awesome. Miles, great work. We went from uh, Miles Teller to Miles Producer. Excellent producing right there. And you know what's going to happen now? They're going to send some of the Hey A Sunday to my house, and I'm going to eat it in my kitchen, drunk at night in my underwear with a fork. So if you have to do it, go ahead. Last thought from you, Flynn. Um, yesterday when we had Josh on, he said, hey, uh, I got a um, uh, Game of Thrones chess set, so I assume you sent it to me because we had talked two weeks ago about Game of Thrones chess set, and I didn't send it to him. You said no one on the staff you know of sent it to him. Like, do we know anything about who actually sent him the Game of Thrones chess set? No, I asked around. I Nobody to my knowledge or to anybody's knowledge okay. sent it from the Omaha team. So I'm not sure. I'm wondering who sent him it as well. We'll have to ask him next week. All right. Well, listen, I would say, you know, a, a Bills fan went and bought one. But then, like, how do they how do they get that to his house? Maybe it's just that Bills small town thing where they kind of just know respectfully, like, where he lives. But... I can't wait to I mean, see they, they dug him, play with They it. dug him out of the snowstorm, right? So they know where he lives, and they're, I, I assume, respectful of it. Maybe Squirrel Winter got him the chess set. <laughs> That's a Christmas <laughs> miracle we could all hope for. Uh, thank you, Flint, and thank you, Miles. And thank you, Squirrel Winter. We will end the show now. You don't need to send the Hey A ice cream. I would love, I'm sure it's delicious, but like, I, I'm... I'm not the little kid who can eat that stuff. I'm just going to blow up right here on camera. But let's go, speaking of camera, let's go to Skycam because I'm going to throw a dart right over here. This is our dartboard. I'm all the way over here. You can see me back there. I'm going to choose the Uncle Sam dart today. Call out a number. I'm going to try to hit the 19. I normally throw it like a jerk. I'm going to do it like a professional here. I'm going to try to hit the 19. Can I get a 19? Nope, cannot. But I'll do one better. I'll get you a 10. Give me topic number 10, and I'll add a little, little ditty on it, and then we will get the hell out of here and enjoy our Tuesday number 10. <laughs> one flying. I mean, it, it's so, uh, it just whine about air travel. It's just very, what's the deal? It's, but I'll give you one I had recently. Tell you what. There's so much attention that's always given to people who remove their shoes during a flight. Planes, trains, and automobiles, Del Griffith takes off his shoes and his socks. And that's been talked about a lot. Can I tell you something? The last flight I had, I sat next to, um, no, not the last flight I had, but the last flight I had for Chicago. I was flying home over the summer from New York. It's like two and a half hour flight. I sat next to a dude wearing a tank top. <laughs> no, no. It was summer, it was hot, I understand. That is way too much flesh up against me. The t-shirt is enough when we're doing the armrest thing and we're going forearm hair to forearm hair, that's enough. I don't need the full length of your arm 
brushing up against me. And I'll tell you something else. You wear a tank top and you reach up for that little light. I am fully exposed to the entire pelt of your underarm hair right next to me. It's a deplorable act. You can't put on a t-shirt. You have to go with a, a tank top on the plane. It was like this, you know, turquoise tank top that the guy got on vacation in Hawaii or something. And he was middle seat and I was aisle. And man, I was hanging way out in that aisle. Way out. Tank top on a plane. I think I would rather go no shoes, no socks next to me than the tank top. And this guy, I don't know what it was. He just couldn't get that air how he wanted it. So he went back like six times to give it a little twist. And every time, every time, oh man, that was rough. Look, there's a crying baby next to you. You put on the headphones, no problem. Big deal, tune that right out. I can't tune out the entire three foot length of this guy's exposed flesh pushing up to me for two and a half hours at 40,000 feet. Don't wear tank tops on plane, guys. Don't do it. T-shirt, it's a T-shirt mandatory. You shouldn't be able to get through TSA security with tank top. They shouldn't be allowed on the plane. Don't do it. That's it from the basement. That's a Tuesday. Tank top Twitter, I see you. Uh, I love you, just uh, not on a plane. I'll be back tomorrow. Tomorrow's Wednesday, I think. The weeks are getting long, guys. Dog days of the NFL season. Uh, happy holidays. Love you. See you tomorrow. Thank you. Bye-bye.